Hey everyone, my name is Pastor Dina and thank you so much for joining us for Northeast Christian Church Online Services. Please be sure to subscribe to NECC on all social media platforms to keep up to date with all that's going on here in our church. Also, if you would like to rewatch today's sermon, you can look us up on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcast. Well, thank you and enjoy the rest of service. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. In case you guys didn't catch that, I don't feel like that celebration was enough. They doubled their missions pledge in kids' church. Doubled. It's pretty incredible. And you guys also gave more this past year, the second highest year of all time, and there's still more to come. So thank you for being a generous church. You really have transformed lives this year. Well, I'm not preaching today. Everybody go, oh, thank you. Makes me feel good. I like my preaching too. It's good. Um, no, I'm not preaching today, but a very a person who's very near and dear to my heart is preaching today. He is my roommate, first and foremost, which I think is the biggest deal. Secondly, he is a battalion chaplain in the U.S. Army. Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah, he's a battalion chaplain in the U.S. Army, yes. Uh, he's applying to be a Ph.D. student in early church history, so he's wicked smart. And he's also got his uh, first master's degree from Boston University, his second master's degree from Boston College. So he is a very, very sharp guy, and he is my friend and my roommate. Would you welcome to the stage Sam Kim? Thank you for the uh, lovely introduction. I'm not a guy that loves um, fancy intros. Just a simple guy that... Um, wants to get down to business. If I went, wherever I go, I always get down to business rather than deal with the formalities because formalities uh, somehow makes me want to cringe. <laughs> but, um, let's start with prayer. Whenever I delve into the, before I delve into the word, I always end, emphasize the importance of prayer before doing a sermon. So let's get into the word by, with prayer. Father, we we are gathered here on this beloved first Sunday of the year of 2022 in which we would like to dedicate to you and may you be in our lives and guide our every word and action that comes from us. And may those actions and words reflect you and may people see you in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so you might ask, who's this cutesy guy, or adorable? <laughs> to, to those of you who have seen me before and have said, wow, is, is he cold person, or is he hard to approach? Well, this will attest to the to fact that I am not cold. It's, it's the cutesy side that breaks down those barriers. But that is to say, today's not about me, it's about... It's about Christ. So we'll delve into the scripture first before we start um, getting into the sermon. And I'd like for all of you to turn with me to Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 18. It goes with Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third gospel of the New Testament. Here's what it says. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, 
Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being the tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip tetrarch of the region of Iturea, and Trachonitis, and Licinius uh, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warn you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation, and be content with your wages. As the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be Christ, John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am unworthy, not worthy to tie, untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So with many other exhortions, he preached good news to the people. Amen. So as you can see, today's theme or message is Christ's way and not my way. Here's some questions that I'd like for us to ponder. The first question is, how many times in our life have we have done things in Christ's way? How many times have we lived life chasing after false dreams and false hopes? Have I lost access to God if I have not lived doing things Christ's way? Now these questions are important for us to reflect because John asked those, well, he pointed to those kind of questions through the five things that he goes through. And these are questions for us to constantly interact with ourselves and remind ourselves why we are in a relationship with God and why we are pursuing a relationship with God. And there are actions we ought to take that must be followed by 
responding to these questions. If we do not take action, all we simply are are armchair Christians. I'm pretty sure you guys, you've heard about anthropologists. There are two kinds of anthropologists. The first kind of anthropologist is an armchair anthropologist who sits back, reads text documents about tribes, about certain societies, and the second type of an anthropologist is an anthropologist who goes into the setting, interacts, responds, observes, and that's kind of what we're aiming to be, active Christians, not passive. And if you look at this slide, there are two circles. The first circle has God in it. Outside is ego. Ego is a Greek word, and in Latin it can be similar. It's the Greek word for I. Uh, and um, in the second circle, there's ego, which is I, and God is outside. So before the Enlightenment period, it, everything used to be grounded in God in Christianity, but as we head towards the Enlightenment period, from the Enlightenment period till the present, everything is about me, 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 I, I, I. Society will say, hey, focus on yourself. Focus on building yourself. I tell you this, no, that's not how it should be. Focus on your relationship with God and with others. That is what I will say to you. As we develop, the more we progress forward in society, the more we get so immersed by ourselves and not doing things Christ's way. Here's a, an image that I would like to project out, which is, uh, oh, um, can you go to the desert one first? So this is a desert that I took a picture of outside Masada. And as you can see, there is nothing. No roads, no food, no water, no palm trees. And if you're walking in the desert and you suddenly see an oasis, that's, a, that's an illusion. It's your mind playing tricks on you. But that is to say that John gives us an example of him going through the wilderness to do God's work. How many of us imagine ourselves walking through a desert? Usually there are roads built by the Romans in that time period where it was accessible for people to go from one city to another, from one town to another, from a town to the coastline. But John was pretty much the only one who went through the desert. How are you supposed to go through the desert if there are no roads? God led John, and he went through the wilderness to preach. We're to be, can you um, go to the slide with the sloth and, and the shovel? So here is a shovel, and there is a sloth. The comparison I'm trying to make is that we must shovel our way through the wilderness to gain accessibility to Christ. We must not become like a sloth and wait for things to come and, and, and to be lazy. We, I don't know how many Christians there are that are lazy Christians. 
once, once a month, once a year, once a week. I, uh, or it may be, I pray once every month. We have the tendency to kick back and say, uh, God, you come later, uh, I'll reach out to you when I want to. And God will say in the same way when you need him the most, did you even want to spend time with me? Why should I spend time with you if you have never got the time to spend time with me? That's a viable question. And John provides us with five things, five things that give us ways, and they're five traits, for us to shovel and fill those things in our life with, to shovel our way through the desert. And those five things consist of, if you go back to the uh, five list of five things, it consists of proclaiming the gospel. That's the first thing. The second trait is bearing fruits with repentance. The third trait is loving one another. Contentment over greed. Uh, oh, yes, contentment over greed and humility. Now, John goes through these five things just, well, not only to proclaim what it means to be a person who prepares the way for Christ, but what to live by and how to live as a believer of Christ. Let's take a look at the first thing. In verses 3 to 6 and also 18... It talks about John proclaiming the salvation from sin through Christ, proclaiming God's word, and emphasis on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but also baptism of salvation. Baptism is a symbol that signifies our ties to God. It's a commitment that we all make to take action. Now, looking deeper into this first trait, proclaiming the gospel, John, like all of us, were servants of God, and he was a servant of God. He knew what his desert was, what his struggles were in the desert. And I'd like to ask you the same questions. What are your struggles? How do you go through them? How do you navigate it? Are you proclaiming the word of God in your work setting or your school setting or with your family members? John went through the desert to reach unreached people, to reach unreached places. No one has except for John. Proclaiming the gospel can be a challenge because some people might not want to hear about it. Some people might be uncomfortable. But there are those who say, I never heard about it. No one ever told me anything about it. I've had friends who were agnostic, Hindus and Muslims in my first year or the first couple years of my first master's, come and tell me that no one talked to them about it. I didn't at first tell them about the Bible, I developed a relationship with them that led me to that conversation about God, about Bible, about what it means to pray, what it means to be a Christian. 
It's the aspect of relationship and love is what's emphasized in not only having our relationship with God, but with others. There's the others part that is emphasized in proclaiming the gospel. The part about Christ coming to this earth was not for us, but was for everybody. And John doesn't speak to one group of people, which we will see here as an example. Crowds talk to him. Tax collectors, soldiers asking questions. It's for everybody, not just for one group of people. The church emphasizes healthy community. How are we to be healthy if we're lazy Christians or we kick back and say, I just want to chillax and, and let other and just watch people do their thing? We don't want to be sideliners. We want to be in the game, participating in Christ's works and Christ's plans in the expansion of God's kingdom on earth. It is relationships that we have with others and with God that must be grounded on Christ or else we'll do things our own way. Bearing fruits with repentance is the next aspect. Luke chapter 3 verses 8 through 9 talks about keeping up with repentance. You cannot expect to bear good fruit if you don't own up to your own mistakes and tell God, hey God, I messed up. I need help. We all feel bad and we all don't like it when someone calls out on us for making a mistake or doing something bad. Accountability is key for us to get back in sync with God. If we don't have accountability and don't repent, we're going to fall further away from God. We're going to come to the point where it's the bridge of no return. There's no such thing as the bridge of no return in our relationship with God. If you make a mistake and you fall back 10 steps, get back 10 steps up to where you were at by repenting. There's no such thing as bridge of no return. I cross the line of no return. As long as you repent, you can get back to God. If social media judges you or testifies against you and says you don't deserve to be forgiven, I say this to you, God forgives you through the sacrifice of Christ. If the people or those around you forsake you or do you wrong or you do wrong and you are not able to receive forgiveness from people, well, I'll let you know that you are already forgiven by Christ just as long as you acknowledge that through prayer of repentance. That is what John is trying to talk about, that part of bearing good fruit is requiring the aspect of repentance through prayer. I mean, I don't know if you guys have this prayer bracelet, but prayer is an important part of our lives. Here's the next thing. Loving one another. A part of keeping people accountable for their actions and our own actions is when we help someone realize the mistake that they make, we do it out of love. It is not out of hate. It is not out of animosity. It is not out of our own intent, our own motives. It's out of the love 
that Christ showed us on the cross. Examining verses 10 through 11, it shows us a few things. When, when the crowd asks the question, what then shall we do? John says, whoever has two tunics is to share it with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. If you have someone that you know that doesn't have a car and you have what, three, four cars? Give one to that person. If someone is struggling financially, help them out. If you have plenty. If someone has something in lacking, help them out. If you, let's imagine this for a second. Christ coming down to earth and dying on the cross. How many of you can say that I can die on the cross for humanity? All of us won't be able to. We have family. We have friends. We have things. We have things to pursue. That's based off our own intent and our own ambition. Because of those things and because we're human, we cannot do what Christ did. But we can follow his example. And John is showing us through those two examples of loving others unconditionally. When we give, when we help people out, whether it's through Serve Our City or funding missions, we do it not out of expecting something in return, but expecting that we're expanding God's kingdom. We're not expecting a luxurious life. We're not expecting a lavishing lifestyle. We're partaking in God's mission, in God's ministry on earth. And that is part of the way in paving, shoveling your way through the desert. We don't want to stay in the desert and be like, oh, when, is, when am I going to get help? If you want to groan and grumble, start being active. Part of being an active Christian is loving others. Investing and pouring out your life into the lives of When was the last time during COVID and even now that you had a Zoom call with a close friend? When was the last time you called a family member that you usually argue with or that you are on bad terms with? When was the last time you sat down and demonstrated your love to God by praying, just spending time? Those are some questions that we must reflect on to understand where we're at in faith and where we should be and what actions we must take. The love of Christ contains sharing and investing, sharing what we have and investing in the lives of others. Those are things that make a healthy community in a church. And if you look at the bottom of the screen, it says imitantur Christum, which is Latin for imitate Christ. It's imperative. Imperative usually comes in the form of a command. And I say to you, let us imitate Christ. Because if we do not imitate Christ, we will end up imitating what's around us and trying to imitate our own selves, projecting our own ambitions and our own intent. And here's the next thing. Contentment over greed. There are a lot of times, and there's a tendency for us to not be content with, with what we have. And I can give you an example of last year. There were plenty of times when I wasn't content with my life. Being in the transitional phase of graduating from my second master's, waiting for PhD replies, and being stuck in the middle, I still feel 
like I am, I don't belong to a certain place because things, certain things are not set for me. Can I still be satisfied? Yes. Why? Because I know that God is with me through the transitional phase. When Moses was in the desert, he was casted out of Egypt by people, by Hebrews and by Egyptians, and he went into the land of Midian to, in search for something. God was with him while he was in the desert. God was with the Israelites when they were in the desert. John speaks to soldiers and tax collectors to say that we must be happy and content with what we have. Don't be so hung over with what others have, that grass is greener on the other side. Grass should be greener where you're at, depending on how you see it. And it all comes down to, am I seeing and viewing my life through the lens of Christ? It, 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 life should not be about our own ambition. Yes, we may have goals, but those goals must point back to Christ. Ask yourselves, what I am doing right now and where I want to go or where I'm going, is that what Christ wants me to do and is that where Christ wants me to go? If it doesn't involve proclaiming the word of God, loving others, and content over greed, you got to find something else. You got to constantly pray. If you haven't come down to a conclusion of what God wants to do in your life, keep praying. There's nothing else better than praying. I constantly pray because my future is bleak and it's dark. Praying is the only thing that keeps me safe and keeps me sane that gives me a sense of direction. Content comes when we are satisfied and when Christ is sitting in the midst and in the middle of the focal point of our life. Christ is not sitting out there. He must be inside us, in the center, and then we can be content. If in the center of our lives is filled with only ourselves, then we become greedy. We all know politicians and famous church leaders that have fallen to lust, greed, and power. The more higher up we go, the natural tendency it is for humans to be filled with greed because of the attention that we get from others and from people. This leads to the next thing called humility. If you could turn the next slide to, over to humility, in verses 15 through 16, John talks about the importance of decreasing his self, increasing Christ. The one who is to come will baptize you with the Spirit, with the fire of the Holy Spirit. John cannot do that. Only Christ can. If you want to make a commitment to Christ, do baptism and get filled with the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, being filled and being baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit enables you to receive one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Speaking, tongues, prophecy, gifts of healing, interpretation, dream, and the list goes on. But that is to say that 
what John did in increasing Christ and decreasing himself is a way for us not only to create a healthy community in church, but it keeps us grounded in Christ. We see in Snapchat, Instagram, and nowadays TikTok. I don't know how many guys of you, how many of you do TikTok. I have no social media, thank God, because of the following reasons. There's a tendency for us to be so consumed by reaching out to people and making ourselves known. Not making God known, but making ourselves known. We see Instagram models. We see people so consumed by wanting attention. Why do we need so much attention to be focused on ourselves? And I'm speaking this out to all the teenagers out there, young adults out there. You don't need attention from your peers. You don't need validation from others to say, I'm living a good life. You know how many people live fake lives and show others how fake lives they're living? It's inherent. You don't need media to project yourself out there. Media must be used in a way where it creates roads and deserts and reaches people that are unreached, reaches places that are unreached. It shouldn't be about ourselves. Our lives must be carried with weight, grounded in Christ, that allows us to maintain humility. John was in front of many people. Crowds did wonder if he was the Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. But John said, no, there is someone greater. Jesus came. Jesus could have said, hey, I'm going to be the emperor. I will take over the Roman Empire. I will become king of Judea. Jesus did not do that. Jesus maintained humility. Jesus gave up. You know how much time Jesus gave up to people? He had more time with others than he did with himself. Yes, he did have a time for prayer, but he focused on the aspect of being available for others, investing in the lives of others. With his actions and through his actions, he showed what it meant to love others unconditionally. You know, part of filling up our life and shoveling our way through the desert requires us to maintain humility. Without humility, all that's left of us is nothing. If you think about it, if our lives are filled with greed, ambition, anger, and resentment, all that's left is nothingness. It's just darkness. In order for us to be back out in the light, to seek Christ, we must decrease ourselves and increase Christ. President Truman once said this, if you want to do politics, you need to be a crook. This applies for all other occupations. If you want to make more money, you need to be dirty. But I say this to you, no, you do not. Daniel, Joshua, David, they tried their best and did their best to maintain a relationship with God. It's not about making a lot of money. It's not about lavishing lifestyles. It's not about me, 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 I, I, I. It should be about Christ. It, I know it's a challenge for teenagers and young adults, and I'm a young adult, um, these days to not focus on I, me. 
Because it's a challenge, therefore it is doable. The more, the further we go on throughout this year, and, and there may be more COVID cases, there may be more different types of COVID, but I say this to you, don't let COVID prevent you from reaching out to people, paving your way through the desert, filling your life with these five things. We don't want to be a sloth. There may be times, there probably have been times, I don't know how many of you can agree with me during quarantine last year, how many of you sat on the couch for hours and did nothing? When you experience the process of doing nothing but filling yourself with endless things that don't bring us and take us anywhere, we feel nothing. We do not progress. Let me also say this. We must go out of our comfort zones and reach people. But it all starts with our relationship with Christ. Ground yourselves in Christ. John preached these five things. And in the same way, I share with you. If we, if we don't, if, if we're so intent on wanting to live within the fences that we have created around our life, we can't expect to reach people. I'm an introvert that behaves like an extrovert. The, Derek Lindsay and Dylan can attest to this. There are times where I don't want to go out. I used to be a semi-pro gamer in college. I went out competitions, got money for that. Nowadays, my fingers are not so fast, and I've retired from that life. I spent 16 hours a day in summer just playing League of Legends, just being on the computer, got up in the morning, did computer games. When it was time to sleep, I would sleep. I did that for the entire summer. That got me nowhere. I did not repent right away, but I had to take a step back and say, wow, God, I really wasted my life in things that were meaningless. I share this story to say that COVID should not be an excuse for you to disconnect yourself from the church, from community. If you are afraid and if you are concerned about COVID, about spreading illness or getting illness, find ways Get connected with our pastoral staff, with our leaders, and we can guide you and we can get you connected. This is a challenge to those watching online. If you live within the peripheral zone of Northeast Christian Church, take a challenge this, this year. Come back. It's no use if it takes to, to sit three seats apart then find a seat three seats apart. If you got to do Zoom calls to reach people and do Bible study, that may be an option that you can talk with our pastoral staff about. Don't just sit back and expect something to change because no change will come if you don't pick up your shovel and move. If you fall down, in reality, no one is there to pick you up. Only Christ. When a leper came to Christ when the blind man at the pool of Bethesda was sitting. No one helped him out. 
Christ came. Christ did not stay. The layman did not go to Christ. Christ went. We must plow our way through the desert and meet people that need to be met. We can't, we can't live lives without proclaiming the gospel. If you are at your deathbed, you must ask the question to yourself, have I done what Christ done for me? Have I done what Christ wanted to do for me? Have I participated and have I completed and have I done what Matthew 28, 19 said, go out to all nations and proclaim the gospel? Have I done that? Will I be confident enough to go into heaven, to the gates of heaven, and tell Christ and say, I did it, Lord. I did what you asked me to do. You might also ask this to yourself. If I meet Christ, Christ might ask this question, what have you done for me? I have done so many things for you, but what have you done for me? No matter what age you are at, regardless where you're at in life, we must lay ourselves down daily. It's not, if you, I want to emphasize commitment. We can't commit one time to God. It must be daily commitment, which involves daily prayer. And I'd like to end with just this one last thing. Come out to the Saturday prayers. If you're wanting change, start at your, be, be that change. Don't, don't sit back and say, I'll be satisfied when I see other people do it. Don't expect others to do something for you because they won't pick up a shovel and plow your life through the desert. You must plow your way through the desert with Christ in your life. If you could stand with me. Prayer must become a habit part of our lives. If prayer is not a habit for you, reach out to us and we'll help you out. We have leaders, small group leaders that are available. We have many ways of applying what we learn from this to our lives. Not just for me, but I don't want 2022 to be about me, to be about ourselves. I want to share it with all of you to emphasize it should be about Christ and creating a healthier community in Northeast Christian Church. Join with me in prayer. Father, it, this is a new year, and as it is a new year, it comes with new opportunities. With these new opportunities, help us not take them for granted. Help us take advantage of it in a way where we decrease ourselves, increase your name, not project ourselves throughout social media, but project your importance to people who need to hear it. We might be confused with thinking that people don't want to hear it, but people actually want to hear it. People are dying to hear your word, whether they're in our workplace or family members who are not Christians. Help us get out of our comfort zones. Those of you who, are, who consider yourselves to be introverts, 
I challenge you to go out of your comfort zone. I challenge you to seek God. Being an introvert doesn't help in a relationship. We must, regardless of what personality you have, we must be challenged and we must be comfortable to go out of our own ways to seek God and to reach people that need to be reached. May you give us the strength, Lord, to do that, and may you pick us up when we fall and help us pave a way through the desert to gain accessibility to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming to Northeast Christian Church, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for service today. To rewatch today's sermon, you can search for it on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcast. And again, to keep up with all that's going on here at the church, you can go on lolag.org or ne-cc.org. Thank you again and have a great day.